Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanby. And I'm Erin. And this is our Seventh Heaven podcast. Yeah, welcome. Um, so today we are doing part two to last week's part one. Part one <laughs> to Saturday's part one episode. Um, so this is season four, episode eight of Seventh Heaven. Uh, the title is Ellipses and Expiation, part two to number. Zero seven one. That's what <laughs> the, Amazon tells that's us. That's the full title. Um, or in Germany, it is called Large Children, Larger Concerns. It's Larger Children, Larger Concerns, I think. I thought it was Large Children. Uh, well, 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 hmm. well, something to that effect. But uh, as you can see, it's a, it's a continuation of small children. Small, small concerns. concerns. Um, so our IMDb user synopsis is... The whole community is shocked to see Mary and her half her Wildcats team meanly vandalize the school's gym. Simon and Ruthie feel guilty for not telling they overheard her planning something extreme, so they seek redemption in Catholic confession, a synagogue, and a Buddhist temple. Matt feels guilty enough to move back in and resume his task as Big Brother, only to find that O longer requires his presence and return to his housemates. Eric calls a marker on lawyer Bill Mays. He gets her into a... Oh, all right. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I'll start that one over. Eric calls a marker on lawyer Bill Mays. He gets her into a trial-avoiding parole office last chance program. So where it says marker, it's supposed to be Mary. It's so, like... Because I was like, Bill Mays gets her into what? Um, But, yeah. All right. I'm sorry. I did not write these. Clearly. Um, so what was your first impression of part two? I think we can definitively say now that Seventh Heaven does not know how to do two-part episodes. Yeah, they don't understand the purpose of them. We've seen, we've gone through about four of them now, and no, first episodes are really strong. Usually, like, I was going through my ratings, and I usually rate them, like, 3.5s or higher, but then the second episode just dies. That's, yeah, pretty accurate. Um, uh, it was... I think this suffered from what a lot of episodes suffer from sometimes, which is they tried to give each and every single Camden child a story instead of focusing on one or two or none. But in this one, like, it was, like, the older... I feel like it should have focused on the older kids if they were going to give, like, stupid storylines to anyone else and that they should have given Lucy a bigger role in this episode because it was kind of, like... I don't know, Matt trying to balance, like, oh, I was the oldest, like, and Mary's screwing it up. So they should have been more, because next season, uh, spoiler alert, like, Lucy does kind of step up and become, like, the oldest, because, like, Mary keeps, like, dropping the ball. So, like, I think they should have maybe started, like, teasing that here, and that should have been a bigger, like, there was, like, a brief part where I think you got, like, a, a hint of that, but rather than the stuff they did with Ruthie and Simon, I think they should have made that a bigger, like building block for, like, her future character development, so. Um, so speaking of Simon and Ruthie, that's the first storyline we'll do, but we'll first... Do, yeah, the cold open. We'll do the cold which open. Which was <laughs> incredible. Right, Just, no, it was. It really looked like it was going to be a great episode. So what we have is an outward... Uh, it's the exterior shot of the police station. It's very dark. It's very, like... Uh, there's a lot of suspense in the way that they've done the lighting and the way that they've done the music. The building looks, like, ancient, and, like, the prison itself looks like... It kind of looks like a dungeon. Yeah. And we have this, like, zoom in of, like, down the hallway 
through the like jail the bars, bars and then in like into the into the room where Mary is situated with like with her head, head down. Hung. Yeah. <laughs> and the lighting is like it's a very good shot um, cinematography wise. And then, you know, she looks up and it's Sergeant Michaels, uh, the Rev and Annie. And they're all looking at her, and it's a very... I think what's really well done here is that there's no dialogue yet. They kind of just exchange looks. And then you have Sergeant Michael saying... Come on, Mary, or something like that. Like, and then, like, you need a lawyer. And it's and he, they're like, what? And Sergeant Michael's like, just... Pro, like, they're pressing charges. You're going to need a lawyer. And that's... And, well, and you also said, okay, so it goes to the... That's the cold open, and it goes to the opening credits. But... You said that in other shows, such as One Tree Hill, when they have, like, a suspenseful or, like, dramatic episode, that they don't go to... Are you going to yeah. speak more about... Oh, this no. Was your, uh, uh, yeah. This was what okay. you said. I, I, I thought I, you yeah, were going to continue. No. Um, so what they do is they forego the opening credits, and instead, like, the things that they would put in the opening credits, they just have it play throughout the beginning of the episode, kind of, like, in the bottom, just because it... It sets the tone because right now we had a great tone set. Well, isn't in the One Tree Hill the, that Gavin DeGraw song was the opening? Yeah, exactly, yeah. and it's like very like upbeat. Yeah, and you know, so for like episodes where you had like the school shooting episode, that's a very serious episode. They like forego they forewent the the uh, opening credits because it like breaks up the episode too much, especially in Seventh Heaven where you start out with like this episode specifically. You have very dark undertones, and then all of a sudden it's bright and like a family and everybody's really happy. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's this tune, yeah. and it, you know you kind of lose. You want that suspension of reality, kind of, when you're watching the television show, and you use and you lose it when you go back to the opening credits. Yeah. So I don't know. You think they should have done that? Yeah. Um, so we come back from the cold open, and I guess we can just, we can mention it, it starts here really, right, Ruthie and Simon's storyline? Yeah, um, so they, well, I guess, like, it starts with all the kids waiting for, um, the Rev and Annie to get back with Mary, and then after they get back, they send them all up to bed, and Ruthie is, like, staring out the f- her window for some reason, and Simon comes into her room and is like, we have to, like... I, he was like, I get the idea that Mary's in, like, really big trouble. And remember when we eavesdropped on her in the previous episode, which is, like, really just a few hours earlier right. in the day. Um, and we heard that she was going to do something extreme. And then we were going to tell Mom and Dad, which was never revealed in the first episode. Right. Um, but then we got distracted with Guy's Night, so we never told Mom and Dad. Um, and Ruthie's like, yes, okay. Uh, and, and Simon's like well, I think, like, we have to tell them now because we could have prevented all of this, and this is all our fault because we didn't say anything to anyone, which is ridiculous. Yes. And I also, they never indicated that they were going to tell anyone. In my, for the way I interpreted it, when they found it out, they were like, well, let's wait and see. It can't be that bad. So this is exactly what the, their storyline follows, and it's a, real, it's a waste of time. What they do is they go to different... Um, religious places so they go to a, so they go they to a go, catholic church and they do like a little confession they go to a synagogue where they speak to a rabbi and then they go to a buddhist temple where they speak to a buddhist and then so the, but the whole theme is that in all of these different oh because they don't want to go to hell and this is like yeah. ruthie keeps saying like well first she says hell and simon yells at her so she's like that place where it's, like, really hot, but not vacation hot. It's I think it was supposed to be, like, cutesy, but it ended up just wasting time right. because I think anyone who was watching really wants to know what's going to happen to Mary. Like, they yeah, build they, it up, and then... Um, Especially so, because this is, like... 
I feel like there are certain episodes where comedic time, like like the comedy portion, should be very very little or not there at all. And I feel like this episode or it should actually be funny, funny right? <laughs> and I feel like they could have done this very much with like Matt. I feel like Matt had the proper comedy role here, where when we talk about Matt storyline, you'll understand. But like they didn't really need this at all, and it also because it was like complete. There's no logical reason for them to feel like it's their fault. Uh, and they keep having like they keep calling it guilt gut, and they keep like burping yeah. like, oh, it's our guilt. Uh, um, I said that Freud would have a lot to say about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I don't think there's any point in going through like what each conversation was. A lot of it was like they a, all ended the same. Yes, all of the holy men gave the same exact advice, and it was go talk to your parents because you will feel better if you talk to your parents, which is like. I don't know. Is that good advice? Basically, it was, like, clear your conscience, you know? Um, And, like, each... Also, each, like... Each holy man also did kind of, like, a weird... Not weird, but I guess a simplified explanation of what their religion entails. So, like... So, like, when Ruthie said something about hell, like, the Jewish guy was like, Jewish people don't believe in hell. And then... In Buddhism, they were like, oh, we believe in more than one life, so... I mean, I guess, like, great for the average viewer to get uh, a nice religious, like, theory lesson through Seventh Heaven, but otherwise it was kind of pointless, and I think... I mean, do you have anything else to say about this storyline? Absolutely not. Well, in the end, they go and they tell Eric and Annie, and, like, this... We'll get to this ending scene, I guess, when we're done with all of them, because this was kind of, like, the whole family was involved. Right. um, But Eric and Annie are like, you... Why am I calling him Eric? Yeah, I was gonna say, you've never called him Eric before. That was weird. Uh, so, yeah. Th- anyway, they end up coming clean, and guess what? Everyone's like, it wasn't your fault. Uh, oh, I can't believe it. So, anyway. We'll, we'll do Matt next, since we ju- since we did just mention him. Um, so, Matt, like, this is probably the best use of uh, the two-parter. We They set up Matt's, like, dilemma in the first episode, where he's thinking about moving back home because of, Two reasons, as we mentioned in the last episode. One being he thinks that his family's pretty overwhelmed with everything that's going on and everything's, quote-unquote, out of control. <laughs> when it's really just Mary. Like, that's it. And she's not really and out of control. And it wasn't out of control. Her grades slipped and then, like... She did a we'll, thing. We'll get to how yeah. ridiculous her... Her, her storyline yeah. is. And number two, uh, it's clearly that, like, he doesn't know how to live on his... Like, outside of his house. So he decides that, you know, because of everything that's gone, happened to Mary and everything that's going on, that he's definitely not, uh, he's definitely moving back home. Um, so he come, he, I think the next morning he and goes. Like this, this is, like, also fake tension. Yes, Between yes. him and John. It's like, yeah. Uh, he, John is basically, like, interviewing for new roommates already, and Matt's kind of like, what about it? <laughs> and John's like, well, you said you were thinking about You were taking out. care of your stuff, yeah. so I need to take care of my stuff and make sure that, like, I can afford to live here after you leave. And Matt's like, well, I've decided I'm leaving. And he's like, okay, then. And then John, like, I think goes Storms out. away. Yeah. And then Matt immediately starts putting, like, books in boxes <laughs> and packing up. Um, and we do get... Uh, I think I've mentioned before, and you've also mentioned this, that like we're not really big fans of Shauna. Like, she she either... She's either, like, furniture or she's offend, like she offends me. Right. <laughs> but this episode, I thought... This was really one of the first times where I was, like, fully on board with Shauna and what she was saying. She was very much like, if you spent half the time that you go home, like, doing your groceries... Like, yeah, buy, like buying groceries and, like, doing your laundry. Like, but just basically taking care of, like, the adult things you need to do then you'd be fine. Then and you wouldn't want to move home because 
like it wouldn't be so miserable to live here. Um, and then Matt's like, you don't understand. And he like goes on about like how his role in the family and like she's like, it's great that like your family. Trona basically says like it's great that you have like a supportive family and that like you all care about each other, but also like you can't just yeah you, run this, home all the time or, or like, and Matt like comes back with well. You don't have a family, so you're lucky. Yeah, and I'm like, like, you're so lucky. You have a shitty family, so that you. He's like, oh, you don't understand because you don't have any family to worry about. Right. Is basically what he says, which is so like fucked up. And also, I'm, I'm I was surprised that that didn't end up being like a fight because that's. I know. Not, like oh. This is my burden that I have, like, a good family that I care about is basically what Matt is saying. And he's like, you'll never understand my burden because you have, like, your abusive family and your father who, like, thought you were trying to use him. And then, like, so Shauna still is... Because I feel like in that situation, if somebody said that to me, it'd be like, uh, bye. But (laughs) she was like, but you know what? I don't have... Yeah, I don't have a family like that, but now I have somebody else to care about and that's you and he goes well I don't think you know me that well and so he storms out and I was just like you have no right in this situation but okay um so he clearly does the thing that all the Camdens do or not all the Camdens but I guess like the Rev really where he like comes home and he's just like well I'm moving back now like without like consulting anyone he decides to make this decision and And the the Rev is like okay and he, he immediately starts saying like oh well, telling the Rev, you don't need to worry about anything. I'll take care of it. Um, like, all of the arrangements. And the Rev doesn't even seem to care. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's, he's like, I'm stepping up. I'm going to step up. It's going to be great. And then he, like, when he gets his chance to step up, he realizes he's not needed anymore. Uh, this is a scene he has with Lucy where he realizes that Lucy's the one that's done the laundry. Mary's the one that's done the groceries. Like, Ruthie and Simon are taking care of themselves. And the Rev and Annie have gone with Mary to do the thing that they're going to do, uh, which we'll discuss later. So basically his entire reasoning behind why he needs to move home is wrong, and he thinks he's more important than he is. Uh, and so he, realizing that he's wrong, goes to Shauna's place and is like, you were right. And she's like, he's like, my family doesn't need me more. I'm like an appendix. I'm gone and it doesn't matter. And Shauna's like, no, when you grow up, your role in the family changes. Like, just because they don't need you like they did before doesn't mean that they don't need you at all. And again, Shauna's like the voice of reason here. And he kind of like realizes that he's fucked up, makes amends with John. Uh, by buying him some laundry detergent. And, wait, so he just, so, like, he goes to tell John, like, something about, I don't know, he goes over to the apartment, and John is like, oh, well, you're still, like, entitled to be here until the end of the month. And Matt's like, oh, I don't want to move out. But there's already someone there who's, like, t- making Matt's bed when... <laughs> I think he was, like, doing a checking t- it out. tour of the apartment, right, to see if this is where he was going to stay. Um... So anyway, then they kick this guy out, and it's all great. It's all great because you open up the fridge, and there's bread peanut and butter. peanut butter, and all like a, I think, all things you wouldn't keep in the fridge. Right, exactly. And um, but basically, the story like that arc for Matt is resolved. He's gonna stay in his apartment. He realizes he's no like I think he basically at the end he passes like, down the mantle to like. Mary or Lucy. No, to Simon, I think. Oh. He's like... Well, yeah, they talk about being men and then Ruth... Oh, I think he's... Because he is, like, throwing a little bit of a fit about, like, nobody needs me or whatever, but the last scene he has with the Camden before he leaves the house is Ruthie saying she misses him and, like, 
that kind of validates him. He like the last thing he says to her is like, "Oh, thank you for missing me." So yeah. I think that's all he wanted was to know that like at least one person like felt yeah. his absence. Um, so whatever. That's all good and dandy. Um, so Lucy has a very sm- uh, she has a like kind of small role. Um, she's the first person that Mary tells about what's actually happened. Uh, because as we mentioned earlier, when the parents come home, um, they send all the kids to bed without telling them what's happened. Uh, but when Mary Lucy, and Lucy share a room, so... So Mary comes clean to Lucy, and Lucy's kind of shell-shocked about it. She says this is unreal in relation to the fact that Mary might be going to prison, um, which is like... I <laughs> which think, is unreal. Yeah, which is unreal. Um <laughs> She has another scene where we have the actor who plays Rod and the actress who plays Shelby getting paid for not doing a thing, which is the life. So they see, they go to look at the gym and the damage that's been done, and, like, Lucy is, like, shook, and she just, like, looks, put, like, hangs her head, and then she's got her hands, like, kind of laid across her, like, midsection, and it looks like she's, like, praying or something, and, and Rod and Shelby are just, like hugging her to, to console her. <laughs> She's very much like, I can't believe my sister is one of the people that did this. Um, and otherwise, her role is pretty quiet, which I'm glad, because it was this could have been a very good opportunity for a her Lucy to be is the worst. The worst. Yeah. But again, as we said so far in season four, she hasn't been. Um, but her main role comes in the end of the episode. Which, because student court, yes, very conveniently, plays a role. introduced to last episode, comes in here. Because they need to, um, the basketball team needs to appear before student court to see what the school sanctions are going to be. Um, and her role mostly comes in, well, we see, uh, just, we do see her, like, taking care of stuff at home while, like, the right. Rev and Annie are busy going to see the lawyer or, like, going to wherever they go. Um, so then she gives this big monologue at we the can, end. We can do this in Mary's storyline, I think. I guess, yeah. So anyway, we'll get back to that. The mono- Lucy's monologue. But we'll uh, so we'll get to the final storyline, which is the one everybody's waiting for, which is the one we wanted to pay the most, most attention to. But which, yeah, which absolutely just fell flat. Uh, so Mary is going. Well, okay. The first thing. So that, the lawyer comes over. Well, so before we, the lawyer, I just want to say they have this scene, which is so gratuitous, uh, where they have the rev come to see the damage at the gym, and. He looks and he's like shook as well. I mean, Lucy basically have the same reaction where they they're like tearing up, and the and Principal Russell, I think that's her name, uh, comes through and, and he says, "I'm really sorry for this." And she looks at him. He's like, "I'm sorry too." Um, so yes, as Aaron was saying, the lawyer comes through. The lawyer and we learn, yeah, all right. The lawyer is Bill Mays, um, just I guess somebody that the like the Rev has done a lot for in the past. So. He, yeah, he's he's someone who goes to their church. So I don't know. That's the, the, the so this guy's gonna work for them for free. Um, and he comes over and he like only has the police report and he's like, I imagine that the prosecutor is gonna charge her with, like, wanton destruction of property and vandalism Mm -hmm. or something. And he's like, and you're looking at, like, up to two years in prison or something like that? At least two months. Yeah, at least two months to two years, and he's like, or a fine of $1,500 or three times the damage, whatever is more. Yeah. Um, And... And... She's going to be... She's going to go in front of student court where she has... Where she might be expelled. expelled But she's definitely going to have to pay for the damages no matter what. Um, And we just like to say, 
No. Yeah. No. No. She's not going to prison for this. No one is going to prison for this. Um, yeah. This, as people who have been through law school, we know that for a fact that this is not something that is realistic whatsoever. I don't know, um, maybe in the jurisdiction of Glen Oak, there are, like, mandatory minimums for... But, like, this would get pled down to something. It's her, like, first, ta- like, offense ever, ever. And it's, like, vandalism, which is totally, like, pay the money, like... Right, right. <laughs> and, and fix it and, like, maybe have, like, be suspended from school. Like, right. The, um, the other thing is they, the, they keep on rewriting history... Uh, about, like, everything that Mary's right. they're, done they're before. They're trying to build it like, oh, Mary, we should have seen this coming because Mary has just been so out of control from that time when she went to the... Oh, because they say this when Matt comes back. He's like, I need to keep things under control. And they're like, when you lived here, Mary went to a frat party, wrecked the car, and I forget what the other thing... Flushed some guy's head down the toilet. Oh, yeah, and we were like, okay, she didn't wreck the car because there was a drunk driver that drove into the car and wrecked right. it. And she flushed the guy's head in the toilet... Because he, he was harassing, was harassing her, right. like sexually harassing her, um, and like, like yeah, that might not have been the proper way to deal with it. But it's not like she was like just this violent, like yeah. she's like these violent tendencies. <laughs> and also like the uh, uh, with the rewriting of history, like the sexual the when she was sexually harassed and her parents went into the school to like discuss the toilet like thing, her mom and her dad were on her side. Right. They're acting like. Like, her mom was defending her. And she didn't get in any trouble. Like, the principal was just like, you let me know if this is happening again. Because, like, you know, it wasn't, she wasn't in any trouble for that. Right, exactly. So there's- She also, they really weren't in trouble for the drunk driver. It was just like, they, they based, like, it was basically the equivalent of, like, sneaking out somewhere where they shouldn't have been. And, like, as a result of the delay that that caused, they ended up, like, in the path of the drunk driver. Yeah, it could have been avoided, but also, it doesn't really, it's not their fault. <laughs> Yeah, I mean... The, the wrongdoing was in the, like, going somewhere they shouldn't have, not in, like, having a drunk driver drive into them. And, it's, and like, the whole... Like, the, I guess the other thing that they could have said was wrong was the um, the game that they were playing, but if they weren't playing that game, that game, they would both have been probably, like... Oh, out of the car, yeah. Like, heavily injured. Yeah. But anyway, as, like, so they're using all this to say, oh, she's not as good of a kid as we think she is. And, ugh. <laughs> wrong. It's just a lie. Yeah, it's a lie. Um, so he brings up this, um, diversion program that, like, I guess Glen Oak as community has. Basically, it is so that people are diverted from the criminal justice system, and it means that instead of going to prison, they do a certain amount of community service, they take classes, they go to counseling, and they, like, learn about victim impact, or, like, all that stuff, instead of going to prison. And, um, the lawyer's like, I'm gonna try to get try to push Mary's application through so she doesn't go to prison. But um, if she does, then she does. And this is not how diversion programs work. Either you have to go to the judge and the judge has to approve you. To, like, yeah. If this was as serious as they're making it, like this lawyer wouldn't be able to like unilaterally make the decision for her to go through it. But anyway, they get a phone call. Well, first Mary gets a phone call and we find out that Mr. Wolf... The man who uh, gave her her scholarship. Yeah, like from the organization that gave her her scholarship, um, they have to rescind the offer because of like her grades had slipped, and now this latest indiscretion, like they had to take her scholarship away. So that's like sad because we get the idea that Mary can't go to college now because there's no money for her to go to college. So I think the next scene we get is like the Rev gets 
the phone call from Bill right. Mays. Yep. And, like, he cut through the red tape, and Mary's got an interview the next day with, like, the woman who runs the diversion program. I think Miss Williams is her name. I'm going to go ahead and that's what that's Perhaps, yeah, Miss Williams. Um, so they go to the juvenile detention center, and um, this woman... And despite the fact that it's a diversion program, it's, like, horribly adversarial. Yeah. Um, so I think what they did here was try to go for the stereotypical, like... Um, what is it? Tough love scenario? Well, this but like, like an interrogation. Make, yeah, but it didn't make any sense because so the first thing that this woman does is try to make Mary admit that it wasn't her fault, like that Mary was going to blame it on something else, like drugs well, first, wait, or her first, family. Mary and the Rev and Annie are sitting across from each other at like what looks like an interrogation room table, and she comes in and she's like, Mary, and Mary gets up to go in the room with her, and she's like, I know that you think she's your baby, and, like, she might be your baby at home, but we're in my house now, or something, like, ridiculous yeah. that's supposed to be intimidating. Um, but anyway, she's, she asks Mary, she's got a list of things. She's like, why'd your grades start slipping? Drugs? Booze? Some boyfriend you couldn't get enough of? <laughs> and, the, and like, were you trying to mimic, like, something you saw on TV or in the movies? Did you think, like, and all this stuff. And she's like, no, it was just my fault. I'm not blaming it on somebody else. And she's like, why aren't you blaming it on somebody else? And then when Mary doesn't blame it on somebody else, she's like, well, why should I pick you if it's your fault? And it's like, what do you want from her? <laughs> like... But, yeah, and even though she, like, knew the whole story, I don't know, it was weird. But anyway, we don't see the end of this interview. Yeah, we uh, just find out that she gets accepted she, into yeah, the program. Yeah, she gets in. Um, and so. that her life is in Miss Williams's hands. <laughs> um, and, I mean, that's it, I guess, like, in that aspect of it. We have, um, then we have this the big family scene, which we've alluded to earlier in this podcast, where... Basically, so, as we mentioned, Ruthie and Simon are, think that it's their fault. Matt comes in and says, it's clearly my fault for, like, not being home. And then Mary grabs Lucy because she's, like, listening into this conversation where everybody's trying to say it's their fault that Mary did what Mary did. Mary, like, makes them all sit down and go, it's this not your not, fault. You skipped. What did, I, what did I skip? Student court. Student court's after this. Student court's the last thing. Oh, it is. Okay. <laughs> Carry on. Um, he was like, "Oh, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's my fault. I did. I knew it was wrong, and I did it anyway." And like she just explains, she's like, "I know that you guys love me, but I know that you don't like me, and I wish there was something I could do for me to make you like me again because I don't even like myself." <laughs> wow, and, that was beautiful. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's a family moment. But I think the point, like, the thing is, I think the thing that pissed me off about this scene, and I think Aaron has a lot more to say about it, is that this was a scene that clearly should have been about Mary and how this is affecting Mary, but instead it turns into a scene about the Rev and how he can handle things even though it's, like, even though he had a heart attack. I mean, uh, yeah, well, I don't know what else there really was for Mary to say other than, like, what did we want someone to f say? Like, we forgive you. It's all, like, absolved. Because I, th I don't think... But with the Rev... I'm kind of happy that they made it a little bit about the Rev because I was so sick of everyone tip... Like, no one ever stops tiptoeing around it. But this has gone on now since, like, the first... The, well, the second episode, since the heart attack happens in the first one. So every episode, I'm just sick of them being like, you know, Dad's heart. We can't do anything because of Dad's heart. 
But anyway, the Rev goes on this big long rant about how um, they're all blood, and you know, no matter like he he may have been, like been a person who survived a heart attack for the past few months, but he he's been their dad for many years longer, and that. Every time they're trying to do something behind his back, they shouldn't be surprised if he's already there. And I was like, behind your own back? <laughs> um, and it's because they're like his his blood and I don't know, something. I don't really understand why this rant, rant turned out. Oh, and then it turned into like a sexy parent's time. Um, because apparently... But Annie like, was very reluctant. She was, like, kind of scared of him for a second there. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's that. He just starts screaming at all of them about how, like, don't, like tiptoe around me anymore I'm fine which he's like I can handle everything you want to throw at me yeah um my thing is just I feel like a lot of this episode could have because we didn't really see how it affected we didn't ever get Mary's like actual like how she feels is that yeah, well that but also we never got any one-on-one conversations between Mary and her parents we saw like there was nothing in between. Like, I feel like this would be a perfect opportunity to have some, like, very in-depth, serious... At the end, we did. Yeah. It wasn't a serious, like, For, scolding. No, not even know. that. Just, like... Like, a, like I feel like when you have these in-the-family episodes, you kind of always have one of these heart-to-heart moments. But you don't... I don't know. I didn't really get that. I didn't really get, like... The, the, there was, like, potential for drama in this where the Rev and Annie could have been, like what did we do to make you like this? And her being like, it's not, like, I don't know, some, like, good, high-tension, high-angsty things. But instead, it was, like, they were, like, shoved aside, and we spent more time with Ruthie, Simon, and Matt than we did with... horrible. ...than we did with, like, the actual people affected by this. I don't know. Um, so the last scene is student court, um, which, remember... I actually don't even think it was the last scene. I think the one with Mary and the... I can't remember the last few scenes. Well, they the all last kind of- scene is Mary... Is her punishment, yeah. right? But, like, the last major scene before that is um, Mary at student court with the rest of the basketball team that is involved. Uh, remember, Lucy is on student court, and... I said she should rec- she definitely should have recused herself from this hearing because it's, like, M- Lucy, another student, and then, like, the principal and, like, one teacher who are the people who decide the fate of everyone. Um... So and you mentioned Lucy's monologue, but basically it's along the lines of I I can see this from many angles because I'm related to Mary and I've seen how it hurts my parents and I've seen how it how my parents being hurt impacts my whole family and I can also see how it impacts the student body and I'm so disappointed like this but she's like I don't think we should expel these students because they're the best and the worst of what we can be. And we should, like, have them in the hallways every day to remind us of the best and the worst we can be. So her punishment is for them to be the ones that clean up the, the gym. Yeah, uh, I think that's about it. And then that's last scene is Mary cleaning up the gym yeah. with the rest of the basketball team. Yeah. Um, yeah. What mm. a fucking disappointment. I know, this, like, record time episode. <laughs> um, well... You can skip it if you don't want to watch it. You can in your head. You can come up with some better thing that happened, and probably come back to the next episode and be a lot happier with your life choices than we are. Yeah, that should have been the disclaimer at the beginning. Don't listen to this episode. <laughs> Sorry, we dropped the ball. Seventh Heaven dropped the ball. It's yeah. terrible. Well, anyway, I'm reading this, and I'm gonna give it a one point five. I'm giving it a one. The, it's warranting the one point five. Because... I don't even know. <laughs> I 
I can't even justify it. I'm giving um, it a one. I'm giving it a straight one. I guess, um, I don't know where my point five is coming from. I'll think of it. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe next episode. I'll know <laughs> why I did the thing I did. Let us know what you think. Um, did you want a different resolution? Oh, my God. Wait. Okay. Okay. All right. She's back. <laughs> Gets 1.5 because when the Rev was on his rant, yeah. he ends it by oh. saying, make room for daddy. Oh, yeah. That's why. <laughs> and you just get, you gave it a, a, a 0.5 because of make room for daddy. I should have taken points off for that, but oh, well, I'm, go, I'm adding them on. So, uh, yeah. Let uh, us know what you think, um, if you have any thoughts, especially because it was so promising in the first half, and the, the end of the two-parter didn't really deliver. And, I mean, I really do deliver. think... I, I do think that this episode um, is really supposed to be, like, the turning point in the series for, like, Mary when they keep, you know, in the next seasons and, like, going forward, when they start to be like, whoa, whatever happened to Mary? They always point to this... As, like, the... Because they, they let go of the car being destroyed and stuff, and then this becomes the new, like, oh, remember that one time she really screwed up? Like, and and this is, like, the turning point. So I think it could have been... It definitely should have been done better, and I definitely remember it having been... Um, maybe I was just thinking of the first episode. I don't know. Uh, so I think for something that they make to be, like, in the future used as, like, a really, like, pivotal moment for this character. Um, the fact that they didn't focus on her. At all. Uh, yeah, and it was just really, pu- like, or or the event. They don't focus, like, it's not even, like, the Rev and Annie discussing, like, oh, what are we gonna do? It was all, like, Simon and Ruthie trying to figure out how to get rid of their guilt burps. Right. Right. Guilt gut is what they called it. Yeah, um, So... It, whatever you want to say to us, you can say to us through many means. Uh, you can email us, camdencast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us, uh, that's Camdencast Show, or you can check us out on Instagram, also Camdencast Show, or on Facebook, Camdencast. Um, and you can listen to us on iTunes podcasts um, by searching Camdencast or on soundcloud.com backslash Camdencast. Um, and on iTunes, you can rate, review, and subscribe and on SoundCloud, you follow, can like follow us. Follow and like. Yeah. Um, so, I'm Tandy. I'm Erin. This is Camden Cast.